Welcome to the Black College Sports and Education Foundation weekly podcast, where we equip students, athletes, their families, and supporters with vital tools and information that will impact their decisions on educational opportunities and careers. Tune in every Thursday night at 7 Eastern Standard Time as we host prominent guests from a variety of backgrounds, such as education, sports, medicine, and the corporate world. Remember, the Black College Sports and Education Foundation is your one-stop resource center. Now here's your host, Gil McGregor. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Black College Sports and Education Foundation podcast. I'm your host this evening. My name is Gil McGregor. You know, we talked about it being in the time of Father's Day, and all you fathers who are listening, and we know that you are anticipating great gifts that fathers get on Father's Day. Sometimes they're not so great, but, you know, that's part of being a father. But also part of being a father is being a son. And sometimes when you're real lucky, you have your father's name. I've got my father's name and I actually gave my name to my son. So he's got my name and his granddaddy's name. And that's how we played it. But when you look at great names in black college sports, particularly in basketball, there are a few that stand out above others. One of those names belongs to an iconic basketball player by the name of Cleo Hill. So everybody talks about the storied basketball program at Winston-Salem State that was led by the legendary Clarence Big House Gaines. And that basketball program, in my estimation, stands right next to some of the others that people think about on a national level. For example, like a UCLA program. Clarence Gaines brought basketball to another level, and he had some great players. And some of you might remember the name of Earl the Pearl, Black Jesus Monroe. But before Earl the Pearl, there was another iconic player who turned it out, who turned out the CIAA and actually turned out the NBA in the one or two chances he got. But because of how things were back in the day, he didn't get a lot of chances and some folks froze him out and he didn't have the NBA career he should have had. Who was that great name I'm talking about? I'm talking about the great Cleo Hill. But check this out. At Winston-Salem State University, some of you might have called it TC back in the day, that name resonates once more because the coach of Winston-Salem State University has that same name. Join me in welcoming to our podcast, Cleo Hill Jr., the coach of the Winston-Salem State University Rams. Coach, welcome to our podcast. Gil, thank you very much. You are too kind to give that kind of intro to myself and my late father, Cleo Hill. I'm just blessed to be his namesake, like you did, your father and your son. I have done the same. My son is also Cleo Hill the third. So it's definitely great to be here speaking with such a legend like yourself. Well, I don't know about me being a legend, but what I want to ask you is, in the morning, on your way to work... <laughs> Coming to Winston-Salem State University as the head coach, knowing that Clarence Gaines preceded you, not the next person, but just that's part of the legacy, and that your dad set up part of the iconic remembrances of basketball in days gone by with his greatness. What does it mean to you when you step out of your car and literally, literally walk in the footsteps of your pops? 
Oh, boy. <laughs> a lot to unpack there, Gil. I tell you, I just feel blessed every day. I, I have stopped pinching myself because it's real. But it's such a blessing and an obligation at the same time. Clarence, Big House Games meant so much to the university as well as the city of Winston-Salem, as well as the conference and how it turns out. What he did during his posting days, especially Earl, he kind of made an imprint on college basketball in the United States of America. And it's just an obligation to do a tenth sometimes of what he did and mean that much to student athletes that have crossed his path. And my father being a great player here in, in the things that he did in terms of playing and graduation and even the actual thought of me being on this earth happened here when he met my mother. <laughs> All right. I go back way back then in a twinkling of an eye. <laughs> and, you know, I have so many godparents that went here. Both my parents were such the entertainers. And there were many cookouts and barbecues and parties at our house. I have almost more history, well, definitely more history of knowing people at Winston-Salem State than I do my own alma mater in North Carolina Central. So every morning walking up those steps, it's almost a path down memory lane. And I want to do my part. I want to do my part for the university. Well, you're starting year number two, and give our listeners, if you will, a kind of a thumbnail of the pathway in coaching that got you to Winston-Salem State. Well, I'll tell you this. It started from way back playing days, playing in the CIAA, and then when I got into coaching, believe it or not, I got into coaching under 14 girls in Australia when I played over there. And then from there, I came back to my alma mater in Orange, New Jersey, the fighting pride of the tornadoes. And uh, we did some great things there. And we just had a celebration of winning the high school tournament of champions championship. And from there, I went to Mount Zion Christian Academy, where I coached a lot of great players. And probably the most noted one would be Tracy McGrady, who just recently been inducted into the Hall of Fame. From there, I came all the way back to the CIAA from high school. Well, before that, I was at the University of Nebraska. I can't forget that. That was my first college coaching job as an assistant coach under Danny Meek, which was a great experience. I learned a lot from him and the staff, and definitely coaching at that level in the Big 12 was a great learning experience. Then I came back to the CIAA as an assistant at Shaw University with their current coach, Joel Hopkins. And we did some great things, including winning a CIAA championship and going all the way to the NCAA Final Four championship, losing to Kentucky Wesleyan. And the most noted player there is also another player that played in the NBA Final, Flip Murray. Yes. He had a good career in the NBA. And then from there, I got my first head coaching position, ironically, under another great coach and a national champion, was there, John Chaney. Yes. Yeah, I had some conversations with him, and it was a great experience at Chaney. A lot of great players, worked with a lot of great people. We were able to get to the NCAA tournament twice, my first and last year. And from there, in 2008, the Black Magic came out. Yeah, I did quite a few speaking engagements with my father and with my family. And that catapulted me in some ways to coming back to the CIAA as a head coach. That was prominent in 2008, and so was I. With that movie coming and making the NCAA tournament, 
that I got a chance to come back to Shaw University as a head coach and did some great things there, built the program. We won a CIAA championship in 2010-11 and 2011-12. We were ranked as high as number five in the country. And we lost in the Sweet 16, the regionals to go to the Elite Eight. After that, I did some player development. I switched careers and got into that profession. And it was interesting. It brought me back to my roots of coaching again and player development, improving guys on the basketball court. And I did that probably for two years. My father passing in 2015, and it was a great time. And I was there with him for his last days. And that meant a lot. God definitely had his handprint all over those moves from 2014, 2015, where I was able to not be in basketball and be there with him and my mom yeah. during his last days. And then from there, the opportunity arose to even apply for the position at Winston-Salem State University. And at first, I was really enjoying getting to know the profession of player development, and I was a little hesitant. But then I got some pushing from a few people and decided to apply. And, you know, when I found out it was 104 applications, you know, my first thought was, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to go through all those resumes. <laughs> so I, I really went back to my daily life of player development and being a father and being a husband and really introducing my kids then, I think, four years old and six years old at that point, introducing them to basketball and trying to give them the basics as they wanted to learn how to play and, you know, cooking breakfast, lunch, and dinner, doing homework and going to Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And that was my life. And I was kind of cool with that. But as I moved through the rankings of the applicants and got a Skype interview, I really got intrigued at the possibility of sitting in the same seat, probably not physically, but sitting in the same seat as my mentor, Coach Gaines. And then it just came full circle how I was actually supposed to come to Winston-Salem. And, you know, thinking about that, thinking about my visit, thinking about speaking with Coach Gaines, I got excited. And then with the interview, speaking with then athletic director Tanya Walker and speaking with Chancellor Robinson, I got really excited because his vision for the university and the men's basketball program got me super excited and it began to have a thirst <laughs> to want the job. And then it, it all happened and the reception that I got from the faculty and staff the alumni and the city of Winston-Salem was nothing short of, of overwhelming. The press conference was very professionally done, photo shoot, and even still to this day, I am obligated to bring this university back where it was athletically, academically. They have never taken a step back. The graduation rate of the athletic department are at 74%. The GPA of the athletic department is 2.99. And even this year, my program held serve. And first semester, we were at a 2.9. Second semester, we were at a 2.8. And always the goal is to be above a 3.0. So it has been great. And the only things that we have to do now is continue to graduate student-athletes, help them find jobs wherever they want, especially if they're in the community. 
and me and my staff have to get out in the community and now become a part of the fabric of the Winston-Salem community. So it's been great for me. Coach Hill, you have touched on everything that our foundation stands for, that everything our community conscious ought to be about, and everything that coaching is supposed to be about. And we're going to get back to your program and looking ahead in a little bit. But when you look back on your memories, things that you've heard, things that you saw, things that the movie highlighted about your dad's career, I just want to know a little bit about what it's like to have been around that kind of greatness. And I want to start by asking you a question that I used to hear about, and I don't know if it's myth or legend or what, but they tell me back in the day, whenever your dad was playing for Coach Gaines, the game of basketball would start with him shooting a hook shot from half court. Now, that doesn't sound real probable to me, but is that true? (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Gil? I I listened. I have heard that, and the, the, the only thing that listeners would probably relate to, it was similar to what Steph Curry now does before his games, his dribbling warm-up, okay. his shooting warm-up from half court. And I even did hear he used to, before he went back in the locker room, hit a right-hand hook shot deep in the right corner and a left-hand hook shot deep in the left corner. And like you said, a half court at that time, they call it the two-hand set shot. Uh, That is a story that I have heard over the years. What kind of philosophies did he impart to you about the game? You said you played it, and I mean, that's great. What did you get from Pops about the game? I don't know if we have enough time, Bill. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'll snip it here and a snip it there, and then we'll get back to the program. He was more probably than a student of the game. One of the stories that Coach Gaines used to tell me about him, and I I don't know, I haven't asked any of the guys that he played with, Thomas Montero or Ted Blunt, but he used to put the numbers of the trajectory of the basketball from certain spots on the floor. How many times the ball would rotate from a corner shot, a wing shot, the top of the key shot and the other two corners and wings, how many times it would rotate from distances on a two-hand set shot and a hook shot, whether it's right or left hand. So that's what you call super advanced. I would say that's kind of a bit of physics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's analytics on steroids right there. My goodness, the number of rotations. Look, way beyond me. We talked about that, but that was something that I was not going to put in my preparation. (laughs) (laughs) But that's amazing. We we talked about a lot of times DNA of a player, the intestinal fortitude that that players have to have. You know, he has something called the offensive cycle that he is only taught to a few of his players. And I started it in my player development. Okay. Uh, I mean, without getting into it, but you don't want to give it away either. I'm going to do a book on it eventually. And there are quite a few of his players that are still around and still living that really have pushed me to talk about the offensive cycle. The only thing I can tell you, there are a couple of players today that have it. A couple of players in the past, Michael Jordan is one. Kobe Bryant is another. I definitely say Kyrie Irving is one. If you master certain aspects of it, you become an unstoppable basketball player. 
Okay. You said you utilize it in your player development. Yes. So um, I, I can that, imagine then you're going to utilize it in your program development there when you sell the state. Then, I assume. You know what, Gil? For me, my problem with teaching that, the player has to have the correct mindset and they have to be selfless. Because if you master this, you can get a good shot every time down court. Now, I just that sounds don't need... like Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, right. But then what Kyrie struggles with is he knows he can get a good shot every time down the court. And whereas sometimes other players don't get the ball as much exactly. as they should. Exactly. So the mindset of the person is almost important in teaching it. And that's something that I've struggled with. Players that I knew would be perfect for it physically and their skill set, their demeanor and mindset wasn't right for it. Now, something that I've struggled yeah. with. This is interesting, Coach, because now you're talking about coaching on steroids. Because, you know, <laughs> you, you know, you know I, I guess what I'm saying, right. uh, uh, Coach, somebody else would just say, we all going to learn to do this. And then you try to manage who does it, how, and, and when. But mm. I think this is just fantastic stuff. And I can't wait for that book to come out. And I think a lot of coaches would feel the same. Well, in right. building the program, how is that going? What are your thoughts on your program at Winston Charles State? Well, I did inherit a team last year that was there the previous year, a team that won five games. And this year we won 12 games, which was probably three games under my goal. We have some players returning, and we have brought in some new players. And my staff, we were very particular in what we were looking for. And I think the number one thing as we sat down in my office at the table was character. I think the days of coaching the real stubborn player that can't listen, I think those days <laughs> are gone. And if you do have a shot to get a player like that, you're not getting three and four. Okay. Okay. Those days are over. Because in the end, if a young man can't listen on the court, they're not going to listen in the classroom. They're not going to listen on the court of the classroom. They're not going to listen in the community. And then that's just a bad recipe. For everybody, everybody involved. So we focused in on character. We focused in on work ethic. When we went to games, we wanted to watch a young man when they were up by 30 points and when they were down by 30 points. Yeah. Their interaction with the team when they were up by 30 and down by 30 and their demeanor on the bench in both you know scenarios, winning and losing. We even watched guys after basketball games like Garner High School, after the games, the basketball players clean up the gym. Wow. And we watched whether a guy was a cheerful giver <laughs> of his time. <laughs> you know, guys that did it cheerfully and guys that did it with an attitude. I think that speaks to character. And so the guys that we did recruit, they're high-character guys, very good to very solid students, and the best basketball players that we could get. That sounds so interesting, but it also sounds very encouraging because a lot of people don't think that that goes into the processing point of young men and building the kind of character through what basketball can do. You touted your academic success of your student-athletes. What's behind that, and how do you ensure that? Well, it speaks to retention, Gil. I mean... Are you going to get a 4.0 student? Are you going to get 15 of them? Probably not. But a young man that's not a great student but has the desire to be a better student, we're after that young man. 
if you get guys that don't have the desire to be good students, eventually it's going to hurt you. You want to have, whether it's junior college or freshman, you want to have the freshman go through four years and you want to have the junior college guys go through two. But if they're not academically sound and you lose the freshman after year two and you lose the JUCO transfer after year one, you're never going to have what you're after, that sun at the end of the rainbow. You're never going to get that full complementary team that you want because they're not on the team. So what we've done is try to get the best character guys, the best students, and if they're not great students, they have the desire to be great students. And we have probably, I would assume, one of the top academic institutions in North Carolina and what we do with athletics. We have a whole building, not named after me or my father, but it's Hill Hall. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay. And we have Dr. Crawford Crooks and Mrs. Vicki Grant. They don't do a good job, Gil. They do a great job. They are on these young men, and they are giving them everything they need, study hall hours provided, tutors provided, a million computers and laptops and iPads access to that. The only thing I have to do is handle any kind of phone calls or emails that come to me about guys not going to study hall. Wow. They do all the letters to the teachers for games. They do all that progress reports. I get updates and they are just like a godsend for me and my program. I really appreciate this. This was touched on for me because five years I served as academic advisor of athletics at my alma mater at Wake Forest. And I understand the synergy between both sides. Sometimes coaches think that I got to take all that academic stuff away from them in order for them to be good players, good athletes. They miss the point that being successful on one side kind of lends to the success on the other side. Sometimes coaches don't see that. But it certainly seems like you do. So Mm -hmm. that's great. They will snatch you out of practice or off that bus. (laughs) Listen, and Gil, you know what? As a coach, you say, oh, wow, I need that player. But in the end, this is what they are here for. They are here for the education. They're here for that. And, you know, they have to stay eligible as well. So if they're snatching them off the court, that means evidently you've done something wrong somewhere. And I can't fight them. If I fight them, they can easily say, okay, men's basketball, you do your own academics. (laughs) Okay. Look, I don't want that. I don't want that on my plate. I have enough. Well, I see again, that shows some wisdom that you have, Coach, because some coaches think they want it on the plate, and that's when it becomes a little bit solid. That's when it comes a little mm-hmm. bit questionable, and that's whenever problems do arise. Yep. Is it like being back home? Would you say that about your brief tenure there? Is it like being back home? I am home, Gil. I am right at home. This is home. It was always supposed to be there. I find it just such a great story. And when I think about some of the names of people who come across being at Winston-Salem State, that while I was there uh, in Winston-Salem, the city as a player across town or whatever, some of the people like Ernie Brown or I didn't know Mm -hmm. Teddy Blunt, but I knew some of Earl's teammates. And uh, of course, I had an opportunity to interact with Coach Gaines. And as we're talking about our website and what we're trying to do as it relates to making people aware, I think that's such a great thing today is to make people aware of the program that you're building at Winston-Salem State. Now, is Newark and Jersey 
where the emphasis of your recruiting or have you had a chance to grab a toehold in the states of North Carolina, South Carolina, places like that? Because we want to talk to kids about they need to think about going to Winston-Salem State. Well, I think right now, I think our target is North Carolina. And we've done some heavy recruiting in Greensboro, Charlotte, Raleigh, Garner. This summer, it will be really about getting to know the coaches in the city of Winston-Salem. There's a lot of talent here. You want to win your state, but you also want to win your city as well. And the top players in the city, you know, we need to get out there this summer. I didn't get the job super late. I really got it on June 1st. My assistant coaches didn't start until September 1st and October 1st. So now it's June 1st, and we're out in the city looking to meet these coaches. I know a few of them, but I need to get to know more of them. In terms of the out-of-state guys, you know, we're not biased. I'm from New Jersey. But in the end, you know, you want to get the best players that fit your program and that understand discipline and and character. That's what you want to do, and and that could be any state. And they also might have a chance to learn an offensive system that was designed, created by the great Cleo Hill. And that's a possibility. And propagated (laughs) by his son, Cleo Hill. I cannot thank you enough for your time, for your insight, for your direction, for the way things are going to be going at Winston-Salem State University. It is a thrill to talk to you, and I cannot tell you how much we wish for the success of your program in the coming years. Gil, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And any way I can support, I am only a phone call away from you, my friend. We will remember that. And for all of you, you want to hear this, we can download this. We want you to go to blackcollegesportsandeducationfoundations.com. We want your input, your ideas, your suggestions, and you go to our social media site, HBCU, the number four, and the word life. We've had today the great Cleo Hill Jr., son of the legendary Cleo Hill And they're all at the storied program that was, is, and will continue to be Winston-Salem State University basketball. Thank you all for listening. We hope that you will remember the great words from Miss Maya Angelou. When you get, give. When you learn, teach. We'll see you next time. All we need is you, Black College Sports and Education Foundation. Thanks a lot. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. For more information about us, please visit our website at www.bcsportsfoundation.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HBCU for Life. That's HBCU, the number four, life. To be a potential guest on our podcast, contact Ed J. Hayes at ed.j.hayes at gmail.com. Tune in next week for another amazing show.